This audio production was made in collaboration with Audible Anarchist. Part 3. We must distinguish different types of agricultural workers. Just as we distinguished different kinds of peasants, there are, first of all, those crafts in which the tools are simple, where the division of labor is almost non-existent, and where the isolated worker could produce as much alone as he would by associated labor. These include, for example, tailors, shoemakers, barbers, upholsterers, and photographers. It must, however, be remarked that even in these trades, large-scale mass production can be applied to save time and labor. What we say, therefore, applies primarily to the transitional period. Next in order are the trades requiring the collective labor of numerous workers using small hand-operated machinery and generally employed in the workshops and foundries printing plants, woodworking plants, brickworks, etc. Finally, there is the third category of industries where the division of labor is much greater, where production is on a massive scale, necessitating complicated and expensive machinery and the investment of considerable capital, for example, textile mills, steel mills, metallurgical plants, etc. For workers operating within the first category of industry, collective work is not a necessity, and in many cases the tailor or cobbler may prefer to work alone in his own small shop. It is quite natural that in every commune there will be one or perhaps several workers employed in each of these trades, However, without, however, wishing to underestimate in any way the importance of individual independence, we think that wherever practical, collective labor is best. In a society of equals, emulation stimulates the worker to produce more and heightens morale. Further, Work in common permits each worker to learn from his, the experience and skill of the others, and redounds to the benefit of the unit as a whole. As to the workers in the remaining two categories, it is evident that collective labor is imposed by the very nature of the work, and since the tools of labor are no longer simple individual tools, but machines that must be tended by many workers, the machines must also be collectively owned. Each workshop, each factory, will organize itself into an association of workers who will be free to administer production and organize their work as they think best, provided that the rights of each worker are safeguarded and the principles of equality and justice are observed. In the preceding chapter, while discussing the associations of communities of agricultural workers, we dealt with management, hours of labor, remuneration, and the distribution of products. The same observations apply also to industrial labor, it is therefore necessary to repeat them here. We have just said that particularly where an industry requires complicated machinery and collective labor, the ownership of the machinery of production should also be collective. But one point remains to be clarified. Will these tools belong to the workers in each factory, or will they belong to the corporation comprising all workers in a particular industry? Corporation here is equivalent to an industrial union. Our opinion is that the second of these alternatives is preferable. When, for example, on the day of the revolution, the typographical workers of Rome take possession of all the print shops of Rome, they will call a general meeting and proclaim that all the printing shops in Rome are the property of the Roman printers. Since it will be entirely possible and necessary, they will go a step further and unite in a pact of solidarity with all the printing workers in every city of Italy. The result of this pact will be the organization of all the printing plants of Italy as the collective property of the Typographical Federation of Italy. In this way, 
the Italian printers will be able to work in any city in their country and have full rights and full use of tools and facilities. But when we say that ownership of the tools of production, including the factory of itself, should revert to the corporation, we do not mean that the workers and the individual workshops will be ruled by any kind of industrial government having the power to do what it pleases with the tools of production. No. The workers in the various factories have not the slightest intention of handing over their hard-won control of the tools of production to a superior power calling itself the corporation. What they will do is, under certain specified conditions, to guarantee reciprocal use of their tools of production and accord with their fellow workers in other factories the right to share the other facilities, receiving in exchange the same right to share the facilities of the fellow workers with whom they have contracted the Pact of Solidarity. This has been a production of Audible Anarchist. You can find more Audible Anarchist on YouTube.